Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's podcast. Touchdown, Kiki Barber! Intercepted, taken away by Wonkley Barber. Barber will go all the way. Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki Barber. Tiki with a career-high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception. That's Rondé Barber's 10th of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Intercepted. Rondé Barber to the pylon. Touchdown, Tiki Barber. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. NFL kickoff is almost here. Hey, let's dominate today. The Barber Twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Rondé. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron Crook. Another wild week in the NFL, and just like that, we are down to just six teams who remain unbeaten. Welcome to betting with the barbers powered by superbook sports ron Cruck joined as always by the new york giants all-time leading rusher tiki barber and of course the man the myth the winning cornerback with the tampa bay bucks ronde barber welcome in guys i hope you had a better week in the afc north whose teams went zero four saw some <laughs> huge collapses by cleveland and baltimore and the Super Bowl runner-up Cincinnati Bengals are 0-2. Tiki, the AFC North collapse caught my attention, but what are your biggest takeaways from week number two? My biggest takeaway is that you just have no idea in the NFL anymore. There are teams that aren't supposed to be winning, like my Giants, one of the two 0-2s. Let's take it. And teams who are supposed to be good who get blown out of the water, uh, Tennessee Titans. <laughs> so it's just one of those seasons in the NFL where I think anything can happen. It, it's really hard to predict, and that makes it awesome for us as observers and fans. Well, I think we all expected Buffalo to win the other night on Monday. Nobody expected it to be <laughs> as big of a blowout uh, as it was. My biggest takeaway uh, you talked about the NFC North is Tua Tungavaloa in the fourth quarter of that game looked like wow. the best quarterback in football. I mean, and Tiki, you said, I think you said it in a tweet at some point, this is what happens when you put good players around a guy that exactly what he did in college. That's what he looked like in college, throwing to Tyreek right. Kill and Waddle. That was ridiculous. And uh, you know what? I'm not betting on anybody. Nobody. <laughs> It's going to make for an interesting show, man. Yeah, give me overs. Give give me uh... unders. You got to go with the unders, Tiki. Unders again. Huge week. 10 of 16 games went under the point total. And if the Raiders didn't blow that 23 to 7 lead with less than four minutes left and give up that defensive touchdown, that would have been another under. That was a heck of a way to end a football game. And Arizona was oh. – their coach was getting ready to get fired at halftime. It was 20 <laughs> to nothing, and they had nothing. And then they win that football game? I mean, we're going to talk about the Raiders here in a little bit anyways, yeah. but 
yeah. I got to tell you what, man, I, I have seen some stuff in two weeks in the NFL football that I have never seen in the wait NFL. Till we get, wait till we get to game one and talk about the Cleveland Browns. Jets? <laughs> really? <laughs> and there it is, the great segue. But first, I got to remind you that Superbook is still offering some huge sign-up bonuses and odds boosts. So get to Superbook.com for more information and make sure you're following us on all social media platforms at Superbook Sports. Well, as Tiki alluded to, uh, the AFC North gets the spotlight on Thursday Night Football this week. The one-on-one Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns. This is the 139th all-time meeting between these two franchises, the longest in AFC history. So big storyline going into this one is how long should the Steelers stick with Mitch Trubisky after he and really the entire Pittsburgh offense struggled against New England? Yeah, this is a tough one to figure out because Mitchell Trubisky is probably part of the problem, especially with his Dinkin and Duncan. Hey, there's Pat Farmuth. Let me throw it to him. 5.1. Actually, it was 5.09 yards per attempt in week one, 5.11 yards per attempt in week two. But the question, Ronnie, is he really the issue? Because they can't run the ball worth a crap against Pittsburgh. Everybody expects them to run the ball. Najee Harris is their offense, right? I went back and watched this game just because I knew they were going to have it this week. And I don't hate Mitch Trubisky. The problem is I don't love him at all. He, he doesn't have the arm talent to keep up with his receivers. Between Johnson, Claypool, and, and the rookie Pickens, they have speed to for days down the football field. And you said it, Tiki. All he does is dink and dunk the football. His two longest plays this year. 31 and 32 yards to the tight end when they were basically uncovered. That's That's, right. That's who they are. And they're going to play a defense this week in Cleveland that is very good against the run. Now, how they cover the pass, that leaves some some more for debate. Yeah, well, to put the question really to a test, how soon is Kenny Pickett going to play? I think if this doesn't turn in two weeks, Kenny Pickett is going to be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you're giving him two more weeks. I agree. I think it's a little early to panic going into week three, but at some point you got to make a decision, right? I totally agree. So we look on the flip side, guys, Cleveland. I mean, (laughs) it's the same old song and dance for these guys. Too much talent to be losing. And as you saw how they just collapsed against the Jets. The secondary gives up this massive bomb to a (laughs) wide open receiver to begin that comeback. I mean, does the secondary need a Rondé Barber lesson in how to cover at this point? (laughs) Joe Woods, who I know is their defensive coordinator. He's going on three years there. He needs to go into his defensive back coach's room and just lay down the law. Look, (laughs) Joe Flacco is, he looks so uninterested all the time. And they actually made him look like he was a good quarterback. 307 yards and four touchdowns. Look, they couldn't cover uh, Garrett Wilson. And I still don't know who's supposed to be covering Corey Davis on that 66-yard touchdown. I have no idea what defense they were running. Uh, Denzel Ward, their fourth-year, fifth-year corner, is the highest-paid cornerback in NFL history right now. And he is giving up plays, which look to me like 3D. So – is the defense good? Yes. They have a lot of talent. Miles Garrett, we can talk that for days. Yeah. But they have to get something right on the other side of the ball. That was inexcusable last yeah, week. I got to tell you, though, it's also just a, just a full team picture. You look at the talent 
on Amari Cooper's on the offense, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I know Jacoby Brissett doesn't inspire you really, but he's a pretty steady quarterback. So this team should be a steady team. But what we're seeing is this like roller coaster, not throughout the season because they've only played two games, but in every game. It's like a roller coaster that they go in and out of. I mean, let's not forget in Carolina, they gave up a 75-yard touchdown to Robbie Anderson. It's the same thing every single week. So as much as I want to point to the players, this is starting to feel like a coaching thing in Cleveland. I'm just going to bring up one other thing. I blame the elf in the middle of the field, but that's just me. I'm just going there. Maybe, maybe not. All right. Well, that's who it. will bounce back this week? Uh, Pittsburgh you know, lost to New England at home. Somehow the Browns, as you said, let Joe Flacco and the Jets score 14 points in the final 90 seconds to win. Money is coming in on the Browns, guys. They opened up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Current line, as of this recording, has gone up to Cleveland minus five. That's a big move. And in true AFC North grinded out style, the over under is a low 38 and a half points. That number opened up at 40. Browns on the money line minus 220. Come back on the Steelers is plus 190. Tiki, you're up. Who do you like in this one? You know what? I'm going to go with Cleveland because of the talent that we talked about. I like, the t- I like Cleveland laying the five. And as you just uh, advised us, Ron, go under. Right. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely go under. I'm actually going to disagree with Tiki and go with the Pittsburgh Steelers here for only one reason. They're they're, they're only doing one thing well on defense right now. The Steelers, obviously not having Watt hurts them, but they are taking the ball away. They are tops in the league, second, I think, in the league and takeaways. And I think that'll continue. There's only one dude catching the ball for Cleveland, and that's Amari Cooper. All these other guys, they drafted speed the last two years and Jacoby Brissett just can't get the ball. Yeah, when these two teams meet, it's like two wrestlers in the UFC fighting it out. It's back and forth grind and probably not too exciting. The Steelers offense worries me big time, but can the Browns on a short week erase the memory of that fourth quarter collapse? I think the Browns will get it done, but I don't think they'll cover. I'm going to take Pittsburgh plus the five and hope this line continues to climb during the week. All right. Two teams that were getting some love, guys, as possibly being AFC champions, especially that team in Sin City, are now 0-2 and in dire need of a win as the Las Vegas Raiders travel to Music City to face the Tennessee Titans. Vegas, another team who's going to need to have a short memory uh, because that epic collapse against Kyler Murray and the Cards in overtime. At one point, guys, I was looking at Superbook online at the app, had Arizona at a plus 2,500 live odds to win the game. Just crazy. Tiki, a close loss (laughs) is still a big L. I mean, after catching only two balls, you know, albeit one for a touchdown, how did the Raiders unlock uh, Devontae Adams more consistently? Yeah, so I think they need to let it naturally happen. In the in the game against Arizona, it, they were he had seven targets, but they were trying to force him the ball in situations that just weren't advantageous to him or to Derek Carr. You go back to the Chargers game, and it was in the natural flow of how things worked. And they look, they just lost that game because I think the Chargers are better, and it's a tight division out west, and so they lost naturally. But Devontae Adams had an enormous day, 150-plus yards. But in this game, you saw him struggling to find comfort. 
And when you put a star in an uncomfortable position and really there's nothing else happening around you, your utility guy, Hunter Renfro, coughing up the ball, it, it gets really hard. So just let it happen naturally. Call your plays and don't force the ball to him. So I so I gotta I gotta tell you what, Tiki. I watched uh, this Raiders offense last week, and yes, they were forcing the ball to Devontae Adams in week one. They lost a close game, but he also threw three interceptions. The question you really want to ask is, can they win close games with Derek Carr at quarterback right now? Because he is making some inexcusable throws, right? So I know this game ended with a Hunter Renfro fumble, Mm -hmm. but on that drive, that overtime drive, Arizona had been stopped. They had the ball. They were driving down the field. And on two successive catches to Hunter Renfro, threw five passes. Three of them went to uh, Hunter Renfro. The other two were out of bounds. On the play before the fumble that Arizona scored on a touchdown, Devontae Adams is wide open in the middle of the field, looking right over the quarterback, and Derek Carr doesn't throw him the football. Or I think he threw it into the trap. It was like, that is the exact play you drew up, and he can't deliver the football. It would have got him down to the 20-yard line. They would have took a timeout, kicked the field goal, and won. So I think the bigger question is that. Yeah, and that's been the question, let's be real, Rondé, for the last four years. Is he ever going to take that step? At at what point do we say no? Like, we keep saying yes, 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 yes. At some point, we get to say, sorry, Derek. All right, let's talk about the Titans. Uh, Listen, they just flat out got destroyed by Buffalo on the road. I mean, they look great the first series. They drive down, and and Derek Henry pops it into the end zone for a score. We're 7-7, and then the wheels pretty much fell off the cart. The offense was terrible from there on out. Uh, guys, you know, let's put the spotlight on Henry. Do you feel his days as a dominant running back are over? They might be, Ron, for one reason. I think teams just know that uh, Ryan Tannehill, if he's going to be their starting quarterback, is not going to beat them over the top. We knew in this game, if it got out of hand for Buffalo in in, in, in the lead, that Ryan Tannehill is not talented enough, nor is their offense designed – the right way for them to come back. So you have to force feed uh, Derrick Henry. What did that equal to uh, on Monday night? 1.9 yards per carry. Teams, if you watched how Buffalo played them, they had somebody on his legs and making him go sideways, sideways, and it was like it was the easiest I've ever seen Derrick Henry go down. Now, may he still be getting back into rhythm? Perhaps. But I think this comes down more to the way that their offense is structured, that Derrick Henry is just not going to be able to be that guy for this team week in and week out. Now, you heard yesterday on the game, if you were watching, you heard on Monday night, I should say, on the game, talking about Todd Downing a lot. He's the offensive coordinator. He's responsible for the play calls. The one thing that they need to stop doing, this is just in my opinion, as they say on social media, IMO, stop tossing the ball to Derrick Henry, right? It forces him to take his eyes off of what's happening in front of him. And as Rondé talked about, there's a lot of shooting of gaps. So when Derrick Henry has to stop and look at the ball to tuck it in, somebody's coming through the gap. He can't make an adjustment. Line up seven yards deep and allow him to determine his own cuts. And so Todd Downing's got to reconfigure this offense if they want to get the best out of Derrick Henry. I think he still has it. He is, I have always believed it's a function of carries. He has way too many carries for five years. But I, I do think they can do it, but it's going to take a reconfiguring of what they do. Too many tosses that were blown up before he ever got a chance to get downhill. 
when did be going in shotgun on the one yard line become such a cool <laughs> thing to do? You got Derrick Henry. You got a fullback, right? You know what? And someone's going to be unblocked, Ron. And you know what? Derrick Henry's going to win. I'm just telling you. 100%. All right. Well, so that's the setup. What do we get? We got two underperforming 0-2 teams searching for their first victories. Uh, So let's take a look at the line. Uh, You know, guys, Tennessee, after uh, getting, you know what, handed to them, (laughs) they are now a plus two and a half point underdog at home. Point total has slightly fallen to 45 and a half. Both teams are 0 and 2 against the spread. Rondé, you're the leader in the clubhouse. Who do you like? If I if this game wasn't in Tennessee, I would definitely, without a doubt, take uh, the, the Raiders to get off the snide. And even though it's in Tennessee, I'm still taking the Raiders to get <laughs> off the snide. I love their defense. I watched Max Crosby and Chandler Jones create havoc uh, to Kyler Murray last week. They weren't able to get him on the ground, but they had two, three sacks on them. Uh, and their secondary is, you know, just a little bit of, it's a little bit shaky. But I don't see anything out of the pass offense uh, for the Tennessee Titans to scare them. I think they do enough. And at some point, we saw it at the end of last game. We might see a lot more Malik Willis. That might be one way to get Derrick mm-hmm. Henry. Yeah, he's a running quarterback. Uh, this was an interesting run. Two and a half is it's compelling because that means you just got to kick a field. You got to win by a field goal. I will tell you right. this: this is easy math, right? Easy math. Derek Carr is not equal. Not equal. <laughs> to Josh Allen. Uh, and so I think and they, they, they barely punt the Bills. The The Raiders are a different squad. I think that the, the Tennessee Titans are going to find a way, as I just mentioned, because Todd Downing is listening to this, and he's going to stop throwing tosses to Derrick Henry and get that big man running downhill so that he can stick his foot in the ground, cut back, or run over people. I like Tennessee here to cover the two and a half points uh, and, and win this one. So Give me Tennessee. Love All right, R- Rondé going with Vegas. Tiki going with Tennessee. I'm really not confident in Vegas going on the road for an early game on the East Coast and laying almost mm-hmm. three points. Uh, I think we mentioned it a little bit earlier. We could see some Malik Willis in this game. Why not? I think that will be a huge benefit for Tennessee. I also think at game number three, they let Henry cook and start to feed him. He gets rolling. Titans keep it close. I'm going to take the two and a half points with the home team. This might be the big line movement in a game this week, guys. The one and one Jimmy Garoppolo led San Francisco 49ers. They're traveling to the Mile High City to face the one and one Denver Broncos. Garoppolo came in for the injured Trey Lance, who unfortunately is out for the season with that broken ankle. Jimmy G looked real comfortable, easily taking out the Seahawks. So I guess that leads to the question, are the 49ers actually a better team with Jimmy G at quarterback? I would say that there's some people in the building in uh, San Francisco or Santa Clara, I guess, that would say yes, they have a better chance of winning. Trey Lance looked awful in that week one loss to Chicago, and I don't know that he was going to be any better going forward. Now, is he talented? Yes, but he's not proven anything. And if you watch that game last week, they were basically using him like Cam Newton. 
They were running powers. They were running quarterback split. uh, That's why he got got hurt. That's exactly why he got hurt. (laughs) They ran a quarterback die. They ran a quarterback die. What are you doing? They were using him like he is 6'5", 260 pounds, which he is absolutely not that guy. He's a more lean, very athletic player. So to be honest with you, Jimmy G probably gives them a better chance to, to, to win football games. He looked really good to me. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because Jimmy G, when he's been a starter, he's actually been pretty effective. Kyle Shanahan's offense is run-based, and their runner, Jeff Wilson, looks pretty good. Now, that. it'll be interesting to see how this game plan changes without Trey Lance, who was obviously part of their running offense. Yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me wonder here for a second. Hmm. Uh, what was the luckier break for the San Francisco 49ers? Jimmy Garoppolo being a good dude and not bitching about being benched. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's surgery on his shoulder that allowed teams to say, yeah, we don't want him. The 49ers say, all right, we can't get rid of you. Or the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo took a pay cut and is now going to re-earn the $100 million contract that he had. This team is really good, right? They, and Kyle crazy. Shanahan sometimes wants to outthink himself and get too smart for the room and – we're going to explode. We're going to create an offense that is dynamic as one that's ever been in the NFL. Look at what Lamar Jackson does for the Baltimore Ravens. Look at what Kyler Murray does for the Cardinals. And now Jalen Hurts is doing it for the Eagles. That's what I want on steroids because we have Trey Lance. Jimmy is better to answer your question directly. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, 28-3 to three, Super Bowl. Remember that? But he had to stay the course. Stay. The, it says here, throw the ball on this situation. Come on, sometimes you got you to gotta break away from that script. Meanwhile, here in Denver, oh boy, penalties, turnovers, sloppy play continue to plague Denver. Their running game was good enough, and their defense held on to give them their first win last week against Houston. But this offense, fellas, it completely out of sync. It got so bad with the delay of game penalties that the the fans started counting down the play clock to help out the Denver offense. I mean, are you kidding me? That's how bad it got. Listen, we understand that you have a rookie head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, but how much of an issue can a rookie head coach be to basically derail a good team? Yeah, that is the question in Denver, Ron. And obviously, you know this. If you were a columnist, you'd have the easiest job in the world writing opinion pieces about this Denver Broncos team, mainly because they have the talent. Right? We detailed this before the season started. It's all there. But it's also now all on Nathaniel Hackett to have a plan. Right? That's the challenge when you're a new head coach and you haven't thought about being a new head coach. And there's things that are going to come up, play calling, you know, who's who's helping me manage the play clock? How do I how do I navigate all the stars on this team? And so until he figures this out, the Denver Broncos are going to struggle. So is he derailing this team? Yes, he is. They have a leader. Throw it on Russell's plate. Say, Russ, you go be the guy for us. I know you're corny as hell and some guys not buy into you yet, but we know if they follow you that the good things are going to happen just like they did in Seattle. I would say right now, uh, Tiki, that this Denver team is not passing the contender smell test. They just don't look like it. 
I like what they're doing on defense. They're third in the league on defense, both in in, in yards and, and whatever else. Whatever you look at the stats, they look fine on defense. Of course, they haven't played anybody. They played Seattle and Houston, but still, they look like they should be able to win games with that defense. But I look at Russell, and he's not getting the job done. So is that coaching, or is that Russell Wilson taking a step back? To me, I can't say he's taking a step back. I know he struggled in the red zone in Seattle. He struggled there now. So to me, this is a this is about coaching. And it's the same thing we saw Monday night with Kevin O'Connell coaching uh, the Minnesota Vikings. When you're the play call, first year head coach, and you're the play caller, and you're making all the decisions on the sideline for your team, that is not easy to do. It is almost impossible to to encapsulate everything that you need to do while still calling plays on offense. And so, right. until you figure that out, I don't think this team is a contender. But I think they will. Nathaniel Hack's a smart guy, and he's and he's actually pretty humble. He'll take a back seat on one of these issues if he has to. It's just a matter of when. It, it need, probably needs to be this week. They're playing like a team that had no practice games. That's all I'm saying. And it is coaching because if your quarterback's struggling and your running back is averaging five and a half yards per carry, maybe give it to the guy that's having success. But that, what, what am I? I just, I just host this show. What do I know? Guys, crazy, crazy movement in this game. Keep an eye on this line at superbook.com because Denver opened up as a minus two and a half point favorite at home. Apparently the betting public thinks the odds makers got it wrong because the Broncos are now getting a point and a half at home. That's a massive three point swing. The over under is now at 45 49ers, a slight minus 125 on the money line and the comeback on Denver is plus 105. All right, Tiki, let's let you cook first. Who do you like? I, I like Jimmy Garoppolo. He's had success. He's got leadership abilities. He's got the challenge of obviously reintegrating into this team, but they know him already. It's not like he's coming from somewhere new. I like the 49ers laying a point here. I think they could win this one pretty well, especially if the malfunctioning keeps happening for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, point and a half. This is finally the first uh, first uh, game we're going to agree with, agree on here, Tiki. I'm taking the 49ers as well, and mostly because – they are very legit on defense. I don't care who's starting at quarterback. They are first in the league in yards. They're first in pass defense. They're second in rush defense. And I know it's early, and I think on that later, but they're playing good enough defense to win against a team in Denver who is still trying to find themselves. So I'm taking the 49ers on, on the road here. And by the way, I know Debo Samuel was uh, looking for more money last year. <laughs> He's a running back. He's he listed as whatever he wants to be. He is a, a receiving running back. He is awesome. So look for some big plays from him this week. This is a tough one for me. Injuries are going to be a big factor in this one. Denver already out with uh, all pro safety. Justin Simmons, Pat Sertan, and Jerry Judy are going to be a game time decisions. And then the 49ers are hoping to get back tight end George Kittle. If that happens, that's huge because Denver has not been able to cover a tight end in years i've been going back and forth with this one guys i like getting point denver at home uh but i just don't think they are where they need to be right now i think uh jimmy g gives the 49ers their best chance to cover and i think they do but make sure you keep an eye on the odds at superbook.com because this one can go back and forth but we all agree uh going with san francisco on this one 
Time now to break out our wallets and discuss two topics that we are either buying on or selling. Guys, topic number one. Oh, I love this one. Both New York teams will make the playoffs. New York Giants unbeaten at 2-0 and the Jets at 1-1. Tiki, are you buying? Um, um, Dramatic pause. Uh, um. The Giants aren't great, but they win. Uh, they look bad sometimes, but they win. You the know stock what? market's Philly, about ready if, to close. Buying Philly, or selling? If Philly hadn't looked so amazing on Monday Night Football, I might have thought about buying, but I can't buy that. I got to sell it. They're just they're working the process. They're trying to get better. You heard Dave's after the game. He said, even if we had lost this game, it's about the process. I am not buying. I know Joe Flacco looked great, and Wilson will be back at some point. They're not good enough to make the playoffs. And, I'm again, I'm not trying to get on Robert Salah's uh, hit list here. <laughs> that team's got a long way to go. And while New York Giants are very fun to watch right now, Daniel Jones actually looks like yeah. a player sometimes, man. Like, But come on, they're in a division where 100% Philadelphia is going to win that one. And who knows what Washington and Dallas become. But I, I tell you what, Dallas didn't miss a beat with Cooper Rush. So I don't know that they get out of their get out of their division. Shocking. Heck with the playoffs. So hey, and don't forget for the Jets, the Bills are running away. They they might yeah. not lose a game. And I'm not even being facetious. The Bills. Got the and Miami too. is so much better than everybody thought that yeah. they were gonna be. Yeah. I think you called it earlier in one of our shows, Tiki. The Giants have a very a friendly early part of the season schedules. Uh, but they did what they had to do. Jets look good with Flacco, but it's a long season. Uh, I'm not buying either. All right, topic number two, buying or selling. Guys, Tom Brady, should he have stayed retired? He took out some frustration on another tablet on the sidelines, but he got his first win over the Saints as a Buccaneer. Ronde? He should not have stayed retired. He still has uh, gas in that in that howitzer on his right arm, man. Now, he's dealing with a lot of injuries at the wide receiver position, and he might be dealing with a lot of other things off the football field, but as a football player, this dude is still capable of winning a Super Bowl. So he absolutely made the right decision. Giselle might not like me for saying that, but it is what it is. The guy can still play and <laughs> – playing with one of the best defenses in football right now so this is he's gonna win his ninth right he's gone to the super bowl one playoffs lost in the following year he's always won the super bowl he absolutely should be playing right and they have the defense to do it now tom brady is about to show us all a master class on how to balance life and business <laughs> and sometimes life gets really effed up but you got to stay focused on your business we will see tom brady do that because he's not retiring especially <laughs> when he can win a super bowl yeah i'm not buying this either how many he's great for the sport he is uh and and makes for fantastic storylines every week and this week is no different as he takes on Aaron Rodgers. 
All right, guys, that's going to wrap up another edition of Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. Man, what a show. <laughs> guys, I'll give you the final word before we kick off action on Thursday night. Tiki? Giants, Monday night football. Be there. Ronnie Barnes, who is one of the great athletic trainers, is going into the ring of honor. I think I'm going to go and be there and support him and watch my Giants go 3-0, baby! 3-0! Oh, boy. I only have, only have one take. We came into this uh, season thinking that the Indianapolis Colts were going to challenge in the AFC South. They are not challenging in the AFC South, and they have to play the Kansas City Chiefs this week. I'm going to be watching that game to see if they completely implode or if they can muster a way to be relevant like everybody thought they should be this year. Long way to go. We're only going into week three, so there's a lot of football to still be played. As always, you can follow us on social media at Superbook Sports or at Superbook.com to stay on all the latest odds, boosts, and promos. And make sure you download the app, make a deposit, and get hooked up with some awesome bonuses for all the NFL action. For my partners, Rondé Barber and Tiki Barber, enjoy the madness that you know is coming for week number three. You've been locked into the Betting with a Barber's podcast. 10-5, touchdown Tiki Barber! Presented by Superbook Sports, featuring former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki and Rondé Barber, and featuring Ron Kruk. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today, and never miss out on the Barber Twins weekly betting advice. Tiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Rondé Barber broke up the play. Rondé Barber breaks it up. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network. network.